It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken parm, and I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. A little crossover action with Locked On SEC's own Chris Gordy. How are you, brother? What's going on, Zach? I am uh, starting to get a little depressed because I'm starting to look at the schedule this week. And one, it's a bunch of crappy games in the SEC, but two, uh, season's almost over, man. I, I, this time of year, it's always bittersweet. Like, cause we start talking about, Oh, the playoffs and bowl games and all this, but it's like, yeah, that means the end of college football season. And that's, I know it always flies by. It's crazy. Yeah. There's, there's two games left. There's two games left. And for Auburn fans, I mean, it's even more depressing because you know, you're out, you're starting quarterback and you lost uh, pretty much most of the games that mattered this season. And, you see teams ranked in the college football playoff rankings like Ole Miss and, and Arkansas, and it's like on the field, Auburn was significantly better than both of those teams, but it's just that's the way it works. You got to win the games, right? Well, I have my buddy Lynn Scarborough from Lindy Sports on the podcast today on Locked on SEC, yeah. and he uh, Lynn has been – look, Lynn's an Auburn alum, and he's been covering college football for a long time. He's been covering the SEC a long time, and he calls it like he sees it. He said last Saturday – was the worst collapse or the worst loss in Auburn history. And that's was good. Like, I, I said, come on, man. I said, you've seen a lot of ego. And he, and he used context. He said, look, I've seen them lose 49 nothing before, but those were bad teams that had no expectations. He goes, this team, like, we had expectations going, oh, man, the, if they beat Alabama and everybody thought, okay, in, the, in our minds, like, they have a chance, you know, with Bo Nix, had he been healthy, but, like, they had a chance. Yeah. And it was like, okay, we just need to take care of business. And a game you had a 28 to 3 lead on Mississippi State. And then the collapse and how it went down. Again, I don't know if I'd say it was the worst loss in Auburn history, but it definitely, I think it would rank up there from a standpoint of collapses like that just don't happen. Yeah. So Monday on the show, I said what happened Saturday was a fireable offense. I got some pushback there, but I just think the the way you just absolutely fell apart, I mean. I just don't see there there really being a whole lot of coming back from that. But, you know, folks, uh, you know, in the YouTube comment section were like, well, what about the week before? You know, and I said it specifically to Derek Mason, no one else. And they were like, well, what about the week before when you scored three points against Texas A&M? You know, is that a fireable offense to Mike Bobo? And I said, no, because Texas A&M is the more talented team than Auburn is. You were also on the road, but at home against Mississippi State, a team that, from a talent standpoint, Auburn is significantly better than, and it, it, that's what you did. Even with a 25-point head start, like you said, I thought it was an absolute disaster. Um, and I think that's going to be one that however Harson's tenure ends at Auburn, whether it's you know five years from now and he founds his success, whether it's a decade from now, whether it's three years from now, however long it is, this, this loss will be brought up whenever he leaves the Tigers. It very well could, or or it could be, you know, this could be just a footprint on, you know, an afterthought that, you know, in in his tenure. Um, you know, it's funny when you say a fireable fence, it's, it's interesting because had this happened a year ago, like Gus Malzahn may be at the podium that morning 
you know, them announcing he's been fired or something right. like that. That could have been a year ago with a guy in his first year. And granted, look, there was this was it wasn't a tough situation to take over, but there were challenges in taking over this team and yeah. and what it was and having a whole new staff and all that. Um, I almost think of it as and it's a it's a weird comparison because Coach O's already been fired and he's finishing out the year. But Coach O's first year as a head coach, he lost a home game in Detroit. And everybody right. was ready to fire him already. Like he had been the interim and they was named the head full-time head coach and he lost to Troy. And everybody mm-hmm. was like, that's unacceptable. LSU doesn't lose home games to Troy. Like that's a fireable offense. And very quickly over the next two years, he he brings in Joe Burrow and then they win the national championship. And everybody completely forgot about the Troy loss. Like it could be You're forgotten right. that quickly. This loss can be very quickly forgotten if Brian Harson does what he needs to do and takes those steps forward. Maybe he just needs to find a a Joe Burrow in the transfer portal for next year. That's it. That's all we're asking for. Just go find the next Joe Burrow. That'd be great. That'd be fantastic. Now, Gordy, you said uh, you know a, a rough slate of SEC games. I'm going to be honest. I haven't really looked at it other than um, other than Auburn, South Carolina. But Auburn, South Carolina doesn't get you fired up. Well, it does from the standpoint. It is the lowest point spread. Like it's the closest point spread in the SEC this week. And it's so at I- seven and a half. This last I saw. Yeah, Bet Online's got it at, at seven and a half right now. Gross. And that's and that's the closest game we have this weekend. Now, the games are going to play out differently. Like Florida is an eight and a half point for, favorite at Mizzou. Does anybody in their Why? in the right mind think Florida's going to cover that eight and a half against Mizzou? Like Mizzou just had one of their best defensive showings last week against South Carolina. So, <laughs> like that one might actually be the the most uh, entertaining game. Sure. If, if Auburn. If Auburn does what they need to do and and TJ Finley executes the offense and they run the ball well at South Carolina, Auburn should win and cover that seven and a half. So, you know, that's that's in my mind. But all the other games, like Ole Miss is a 36 and a half point favorite over Vandy. Uh, Tennessee is a four touchdown favorite over South Alabama. I mean, it's this is cupcake week for a lot of teams. And it's this sucks. Like if I could get rid of anything like. The, the SEC on SEC every week last year was rough. You need the non-conference games. But let's do what some of these other conferences do, where you play your three, four non-conference games at the start of the year, you get them all out the way, right. and then let's get into conference play. And it should be conference play the rest of the way. This is a tough sell for – think of how tough a sell this is for LSU fans at four and six with Louisiana Monroe coming to town. Do you mm-hmm. think anybody's going to be going to this game? They'll tailgate, but everybody's going to go home and, and go watch some of the other games. Georgia's hosting Charleston Southern. Do you think their student section has any want to be there to watch Charleston Southern come in? Georgia's like, we're 10 and 0. We're ready for the, we're already planning for the SEC title game. We're done with Charleston Southern and Georgia Tech. So it's the SEC needs to move past these. These are, and again, if you're going to play a non conference this week, keep it, but make this one of your power five schools. You know, make make uh, an Alabama have to play in Indiana or something this week. Like that at least would be more entertaining than watching, I don't know, Tennessee State against Mississippi State. So I thought something, and you mentioned this briefly, I thought something that was going to come from the COVID year last year, the whole gauntlet of playing SEC on SEC every week, I didn't think we'd be able to put that genie back in the lamp. I thought that was going to be something where it's like, okay, it was two less games, but man, that was awesome. Ten conference games, and we've been told for years that you can't add any more conference games. It's like, Oh, I think they're fine. I think all the guys held up just fine doing that. Um, and it's weekends like this, like you said, where it's like, man, I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't. Is that worth giving up two extra weeks of college football for? That's a different question. 
I think a lot of the coaches don't want it. The weird thing is Saban has been at the forefront of saying go to nine conference games. And I think the the reasoning behind that is he knows he's got a juggernaut every year. He's got a monster that can bring it on. We don't Death. care who the hell we play. Absolutely. But right. I, I think some of the other coaches, the Mark Stoops, the Mike Leach, they look at it and go, look, if I win three or four of my non-conference games, all I need to do is win two SEC games and I'm going to a bowl game and I've saved my job. Because most of that, you know, like – the standard we hold a lot of those middling coaches to is get bowl eligible. Mm-hmm. You get bowl eligible. You're keeping your job. You can't be fired. You go, I want seven and five. Can't fire me. I want seven and five. So I think that's where a lot of those coaches are going to fight for those smaller schools. The other thing is, I mean, it's such huge paychecks for these schools. Right. Or Charleston Southern or Prairie View A&M gets that check for a million dollars. That does so much for those programs. So while the football sucks and the entertainment <laughs> value isn't very good, it does do a lot for those programs. But I just say get all those out at the start of the season. We should not be playing these this late in the year. But, yeah, look, the other thing is, too, inequality of schedules. I talk about all the time. A couple years ago, Bama in the East played Tennessee, who's their permanent crossover, who's terrible, and I think Vanderbilt, while LSU's two East opponents were Florida and Georgia, Mm -hmm. and Florida's their permanent. That's not an equal schedule. Like, it's it's an absolute joke, and so – I say all that to say Bama needs to play the Floridas and the Georgias way more often than they are because it's just it's silly that they get to avoid them two, three years at a time right? Uh, because of the crossovers. Right. Yeah, and Tennessee being a joke as of late doesn't doesn't really help. But, hey, maybe they're getting better. I, I want to get your thoughts on, on Auburn's quarterback situation in just a moment. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Made In. Uh, Made In produces professional quality cookware for those who love to cook. They source the finest materials and partnered with renowned craftsmen to make premium kitchen tools available directly to you without the markup. Made In products are made to last and they offer a lifetime guarantee. I have a Made In frying pan. I use it every chance I get. It is, um, it, it's fantastic. Made in better cookware for better meals. Right now, Made in is offering our listeners 15% off your first order with promo code LOCKED ON. That's one word, L O C K E D O N. This is the best discount available anywhere online for Made in products. Go to madeincookware.com slash locked on. Use promo code LOCKED ON for 15% off your first order. That's madeincookware.com slash locked on. Use promo code LOCKED ON. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Gordy, you covered Finley when he was at LSU. You've covered Finley now, obviously, when he's at Auburn. You see a lot less of him since he's been at Auburn. But do you think he's going to be ready after one week of essentially being the starter? We saw the whole end of the Georgia State game where he kind of bailed Bo Nix and the Auburn offense out against that game. But uh, then there was that conversation of, is he possibly going to start going back to LSU? And obviously, he didn't. He got one series there, and then Bo had a great game. But... You think he's ready? You think he'll be ready for uh, for South Carolina on Saturday? Yeah, the ironic part is his first start last year for LSU was against South Carolina, the, the South Carolina team. Now it's a yep. little bit different personnel wise. Um, you know the guys who are going to be he'll be facing in this game and that sort of thing. But some of the guys are, are the same. Um, 
a different scheme too. Will Muschamp's not not the one coaching anymore. But um, the thing I look back to that day, Zach, that he had going for him was he had the the complement of a great run game. Mm-hmm. Ty Davis Price ran for over 130 yards that day. John Emery had over 80 uh, 80 rushing yards that day. So he had two running backs who were doing their thing. It's as simple to say, if if Auburn's going to be successful this weekend, it's because Tank Bigsby, Hunter, and those guys are doing their thing in the run game. If the run game is, is going, and I think South Carolina is, you're able to move the ball. And look what Tyler Beatty did to him a week ago. Tyler Beatty, by the way, one of my favorite back. I mean, he's my favorite running back in the SEC this year. He's the, really? He's the leading rusher. He is – like Mizzou has got, got what, like five wins. They'd have zero if they didn't have Tyler Beatty. Like he okay. is their workhorse. He's he's one of the best running backs in, in the country this year. But that's the bottom line. Auburn's going to have to run the ball well and then have Finley, um, you know, pass well off of that. Like they can't go in saying we're going to have Finley throw it 40 times and win this game. If you go back and look at that game against South Carolina last year, he was 17 for 21 for 265, two touchdowns and a pick. If you told me that's his stat line this weekend, I say Auburn wins that game. Sure. So, um, yeah, they're going to have to get him, but get him, get him comfortable early. Get him some short passes, some comebackers, something where you can get the, you know, he's moving the chains. Get builds a little confidence because man, if if they have a couple three and outs early and South Carolina scores and suddenly they're in a deficit, mm-hmm. I, I would feel I would feel nervous for Finley. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I was talking about this with with Chandler Wooten. You know, just like. How much confidence do you have going into a game knowing you played well against them the year before? And obviously he said it can be a lot. You know, situations change, like you said, but as a general rule, like, it helps you in preparation, it helps you with execution, and, you know, just the whole, you know, the whole process of doing it over again. So I think that's definitely important. The only thing I'll say, too, is, like, last year, the South Carolina secondary, no offense to the current guys, but last year they had J.C. Horn and Izzy Muguamu who were both, Draft picks. JC Moore was the top 10 draft pick. And he didn't wasn't scared going against those guys. They don't have those guys in the South Carolina secondary. So it's like it's almost like this is an even weaker South Carolina defense. Now they're better up front. They they get after it way more up front than, than last year's group did. But uh well yeah. There's I, some I, irony I, in that though, right? Because they they've got a really good pass defense and their rush defense kind of stinks. Yeah. No, I mean they, they they've got some big time recruits. Uh, you know, Jordan Birch obviously is a big time recruit, and they've they've got some guys up front, but they, they have they've been very inconsistent there. Like some weeks they look they look good, they can get after it, some weeks not. But I think a big part of that is they, they fall behind a lot. I mean, go mm-hmm. look at a lot of their games in South Carolina this year. They've 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 trailed in a lot of games. So um look, I, I think I have the confidence in Finley. I I, I watched him last year as a freshman. The big thing that stood out to me in his time at LSU was that he was so calm. Nothing got to him. I right. mean, we even kind of sort of saw it in the was it Georgia State game, Georgia yeah. Southern. I mixed the two up. Anyway, yeah, Georgia, Georgia something. When, when he came in and, and came from behind to beat them this year, he was he was poised, man. And even the the incomplete passes or whatever, like he went back to the huddle. It didn't phase him, and that's what right. I like about TJ Finley. Yeah, he seems like a confident dude. So hopefully that'll um, that'll help him succeed over these last two weeks what do you what do you like about South Carolina's offense uh I'm going to be honest South Carolina and Vandy are the two teams I've watched the least in the conference for for obvious reasons but um the players talk uh talk really highly about their running game so Kevin Harris I loved last year in the SEC he was one of the best running backs I think um 
towards the end of the year, it was between him and Najee Harris. I forget if they count the SEC championship yards, but whatever. Kevin Harris was the leading rusher down the stretch of last year in the SEC. He was tremendous. He has not been healthy this whole season. He was he was not healthy in the spring into the fall. Um, they waited a game or two till he got in. Once he got in, you saw him run the ball. And you're like, this is not the same Kevin Harris. Um, he's had a couple flashes here and there this year where he's looked like his old self, but overall he's not. I mean, even last week against Mizzou, he was 14 carries for 36 yards. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd and Zaquandre Wright are pretty good. Uh, Zaquandre Wright had 60 yards on a touchdown last week. Um, you know, it's kind of running back by committee at times, but I, you know, because Harris is not his normal self, I don't, I wouldn't say this is a dominant run team, but this is, they've got to run the ball. Like if South right. Carolina is going to have any success this week, They've got to run the ball, run it effectively. They're onto their third quarterback already mm-hmm. this season, and Jason Brown. And you know it is what it is. Zeb Nolan was a fun story for about a week or two, and uh, you know finally Luke Doty got back in there. Luke Doty had some moments, then he got hurt again. Uh, and then Zeb Nolan's out, so they've turned to Jason Brown now, who's a transfer that came in, and he's just very he's very average. I mean, they they're getting average play from their quarterbacks. Uh, receivers, Josh Van is really the only one you have to worry about. He's mm-hmm. had a nice season, but, um, yeah, I mean, it starts with the run game. If Auburn is, is stopping the run or slowing down the run and they're forcing punts early, man, go, go down the field, get some points, capitalize and put this thing away early because Jason Brown does not have the arm against this Auburn secondary that look a week ago, they didn't look great. I still think they got the horses and the scheme enough to, to, uh, to not allow South Carolina to move the ball through the air on them. Right. Right. Gordy, you mentioned the lines for uh, for a lot of the games uh, in the conference. If you feel confident about any of those, you need to head over to betonline.ag right now. BetOnline is back and better than ever. They've got a new uh, revamped website, and, and their mobile site for your smart devices um, is up-to-date and incredible. So uh, be sure to check it out, whether it's basketball, as college basketball is back, or the NBA, the NFL, and, of course, college football. They have all of it at betonline.ag. When you make your first deposit, use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Gordy, going into the season, you predicted Brian Harson to have the best season of all the first-year coaches in the SEC. Um, do you still, do, do you think that is going to come to fruition? Or do you think, you know, what happened the last two weeks kind of holds them back a little bit? Um, yeah, I mean, I look at total, total wins. Auburn's 6-4 and four right now. Uh, Josh Heupel, I think, has been the the big surprise for a lot of us. He's right. at five and he's at five and five. Uh, Tennessee fin- finishes things off with uh, South Alabama this weekend in Vandy. So Tennessee is very. I mean, They're seven, seven and five. And five. Go, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and pencil that in for them. Auburn, again, if we're being real with ourselves, we're probably putting an L in the Iron Bowl. So probably both at seven at seven and five. You know, if thing if if, if mm-hmm. that's what we're thinking. So. Um, yeah, I'd say, I'd say it's a, it's a win-win for both. I, I don't think 
there's there's things this year where you could say Harson has done better than Heupel, but on the flip side, man, what Heupel's done with what he was up against and all the transfers, all the guys who left, and the abysmal quarterback play with Jared Garantano the past few years, yeah, and he brought in two guys in in, in well, Hendon Hooker's you know established himself as a starter. What he's gotten out of Hendon Hooker, he's got those guys believing they can win every week, and they're not right. afraid of anybody. So I probably, if they both finish seven and five, I give the slight nod to. Heupel ahead of Harson, but I get nothing that. to sniff at if Harson finishes seven and five. I get that absolutely. Um, a guy that I've been enamored with and loved watching this year, probably my favorite player to watch in the conference this year, is Roger McCreary, Auburn's standout corner. Where do you think he ranks among the the corners in this league? I know he's kind of always number two to you know that that hot shot down in LSU as far as like corners in the you know going into this draft class, but I. I'd put his play up against anybody's. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing to remember, Stingley only played in, like, what, three games? Sure. Eli Ricks played in, like, four or five before both those guys were done. So yeah. two of the better corners in, in the in the SEC, not only the, the country, have, have not played much this year. Um, you know, if we're just talking the SEC, the Bama DBs have been very average. You know, they haven't had the stellar play they normally get out of their guys. Uh, Georgia's DB, see, Georgia has such a good rotation of guys back there, though, that it's like, I don't know if, I don't know if I'd pin one of the Georgia DBs, uh, Georgia's DBs gets, I mean, they get so much help from their pass rush too. Like how much is that, you know, is that just them? I think that's just a, a collection of just dominant athletes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, if I was going to say like best linebacker in the conference, Will Anderson is the best pass rushing, uh, you know, linebacker in the SEC. Yeah. If I'm just saying best total overall linebacker, I'd go to Kobe Dean at, at Georgia. He's had a heck of a year. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, as far as corners go, I think – isn't McCur- McCurry's at, like, double-digit passes defense this year? I mean, he's – Yeah, Pro Football Focus a, has him as the number one player in the country in that stat. Yeah, he's gotten his hands on a lot of football. So, yeah, if, if I had to go with just a – maybe a field general – um, you know, best overall play in the secondary, I'd probably go McCreary in the SEC. Yeah, no, he's been fun to watch. There's no question about it. Well, man, so just just in case I don't talk to you before the Iron Bowl, what does Auburn need to do to to make an upset happen? Okay, you ready for this? I'm going to give you a little confidence here. Oh, okay. Nobody is what nobody's talked about with the LSU Alabama game last year. TJ Finley started that game. LSU's defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. You know, we know why. Paul Pelini is somewhere sitting on a private island, sipping martinis, enjoying his millions of dollars right Good now. Good for him, yeah. The Alabama scored on every, I think it was just about every possession in the first half of that game. It was touchdown, 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 mm-hmm. touchdown. On the flip side, TJ Finley, they get the ball for, or, you know, Bama scores first at 7 nothing. LSU gets the ball. They drive the ball all the way down to, I think it's Bama's 14 yard line. It was a fourth and one. They run the ball. They don't get it. It's stuffed. It's a turnover on downs. Right. The next possession, TJ Finley, they go three and out. They punt the ball. The next two possessions, LSU goes down the field and scores touchdowns with TJ Finley navigating them. So that's basically if they don't turn the ball, you know, if they don't, if they get the fourth and one on the first drive, that's three of their first four possessions. TJ Finley went right down the field on Alabama's defense. Guess what? Alabama's secondary is worse this year than it was last year. Sure. I'm just giving you a little primer of. It is possible. Finley can – don't be afraid of, oh, we're just not going to be able to move the ball in Alabama. No, you can move the ball in this Alabama team this year. And, oh, by the way, the offense isn't 
what it normally is. Don't look at the stats last week against New Mexico State. It was New Mexico State. Sure. Go look two weeks ago when they were playing LSU second and third stringers, and they they were getting blitzed and get like I I think if anything, um, Derek Mason needs to call LSU and talk to Ed Ogeron and say, man, give me some of those blitz schemes you guys were dialing up against Bama because that worked. Bryce Young at times this year under pressure he makes good throws. At times he doesn't. And that LSU game, he missed a like he was under pressure a lot. So if I'm Auburn, my MO in that game is again, I think Finley, if he stays poised and confident in the pocket, delivers the throws, roll out with his feet, buy some time, find your open receiver. I think he can do that. But defensively, I think get after him, man. I'd 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 blitz like crazy, send some of those safeties, get those DBs involved and put pressure on Batman. And look, if they beat you over the top, they beat you over the top. Jameson right. Williams is tremendous downfield, but I'm just telling you, even with no Bo Knicks, Auburn will have a chance in that Iron Bowl. I love that. And people listening are fired up right now. I'm fired up. So, no, I, I think that'd be incredible. And, you know, I think Harson can put together a game plan. It's just, does he have the dudes to be able to execute exactly what he has in mind? And, you know, there's so many folks upset with his defense right now. For, but for the, ma- the vast majority of the season, the defense has played really, really well. And so we'll see what Derek Mason dials up and if he's able to slow down a passing attack with, with Bryce Young and company. But, Gordy, appreciate you uh, you hanging out, man. I know you're, uh, you're a busy guy. How can folks find you and hear you and support you and all that good stuff? Yeah, wherever you find your podcast, just search uh, Locked On SEC. LockedOnSEC.com is an easy way to go. Again, when Scarborough's on with us. Uh, we also had a great conversation with uh, Ben Hartsock, former uh, NFL tight end. He calls a lot of games on ESPN Radio. He, uh, he called an Auburn game earlier this year. He was very complimentary of Brian Harson. So uh, you want to go back and check out that podcast. Cool. Gordy, appreciate it, man. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.